Cussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And running on this 10th day of November 2023. This is the Horn. Head on dot live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. All time zones in between and the great globe round. And whatever time it happens to be where you're listening to the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, well, by Joe, please like it, subscribe to it on a couple of different platforms. That way you won't ever miss if the uh, particular platform screws up, as they have been known to do from time to time. And if you'd be so kind to leave a comment for the algorithms, that would be really, really helpful, too. Hi, I'm Robin, and uh, it's Friday on the Front Porch. If you are listening live, well, you might want to augment your listening experience by popping over to the aforementioned Mary Wacky Zany, where you'll be greeted by the early arrivers, Ralphs and Squeaky. Theo, who is usually in the room, is out uh, road tripping over this weekend and told me that earlier today, and I, I hope uh, he and Ms. Leah are having an absolutely fantastic time. So... Well, Friday on the front porch being Friday on the front porch, uh, we will be getting together in about an hour. We'll go over the river and through the woods to the old holler tree we sublet from the Keebler Elves, wherein we keep the extraordinary, ordinary roundtable around which we gather each and every Friday to cuss and discuss the issues of the week, the issues of the day, and sometimes just things that are generally interesting. And uh, we, uh, Roger mentioned that he might uh, ex- expand or, or expound upon uh, a story late in yesterday's program, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, that would be, uh, of course, Horn Chief Agronomist, Chief Mathematician, and Bud Trimmer Emeritus again, Roger in Oregon. Every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different, so consequently, let me uh, uh, extend thanks to our PayPal subscribers and others uh, for this particular 
day, the tenth day of the month. That means thank you. Uh, thank you very much indeed to Cecilia. And thank you to uh, Joe. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, thank you all for being partial sponsors of the program. Thank you to an anonymous friend who jumped down, uh, jumped out and got our fundraising goal down from 1370 to 1270. And uh, Cecilia got us down from uh, uh, 13, uh, 1270 to 1250. So that's where we are. Um, we are we are uh, at 1,250 dollars, uh, $50 unfunded from Monday and the rest of the week is unfunded. Uh, if you'd like to help out, we need subscribers uh, badly. We, you know, we've had some folks write in and say, you know, things have gotten tough, and they have, and I understand it. This is a working people program. Um, and there's no ads here. You know, no buy gold now. I, I had to uh, go down to the settlements for provisions today, and I popped into a shop, and lo and behold, what was on? Yeah, of course, Fox News TV, Radio Rwanda, but I was lucky in that there was no actual misinformation being presented, apart from the fact that they were. Uh, I was standing there during the middle of one of their, buy gold now, there's never been a better time to buy gold now. Standard & Poor's says gold may reach $3,000 an ounce. By the end of the year, this is a great time to buy gold. Buy high and sell low, and we'll beat your ass on the commissions and the fees. You're right. None of that here. You know, we're not selling potatoes or beets or vitamin supplements or paleo chocolate chicken bone beverage or um, any kind of minerals or oils. or it, it, We're just not. Um, this is this is just a straightforward matter of your gifts, keeping a non-commercial, non-capitalist effort to inform a community on the air. So we're at 12:50, and I have happy news uh, via our dear friend T.J. in Des Moines. T.J. Uh, contacted me and said he wanted to do a. $250 challenge for this evening. So, uh, whatever in whatever quantity, once we get, if we can get up to $250, TJ will turn your money, he'll turn your one into two, your two into four, your five into ten, your ten to twenty, twenty to forty, etc., up to $250. And so that would get us down to um, $750 to go and enable some bill paying. 1250 would constitute a uh, genuine horn community-made miracle, and we can knock out $500 of that if uh, folks want to help out with you know, $5 here, $5 there, and next to them $10, whatever, and we you know, can fulfill uh, TJ's challenge. So we closed on some rather goofy information last night, yesterday. I mean, this program takes place in the evening, and it's already freaking dark outside. Big darkness soon comes, said Dr. Hunter S. Thompson. 
So I figure there's other stuff to go into by all means. It's bloody and heartbreaking and horrifying and terrifying. Uh, oh, an anonymous friend has jumped in and said, uh, I will take care of the first 50 bucks. So we've got $200 to go on TJ's challenge. Thank you, kind internet friend, anonymous in nature. Thank you. All those things we can get into and whatever it is that's on your mind when we uh, go to the uh, go to the uh, front porch. There's a button at HeadOn.Live if you happen to be new to the program. Um, just click it and it'll carry you over the aforementioned river and through the aforementioned woods to the aforementioned old holler tree that we rent from the sublet from the aforementioned Keebler elves and in which we keep the aforementioned Extraordinary Ordinary uh, Roundtable. Uh, it's real easy, and would love to hear some new voices. It's always fun when there are uh, new voices in the in the chat room or voices we haven't heard in a while. Uh, feel free to participate. This is the easiest talk program probably ever conceived for participation, as long as you know, you're not a Republican, a maggot, a Libertarian, as long as you're a good and decent, upstanding, liberal or progressive, uh, you are more than welcome. Mm-hmm. Because they, the other side has plenty of outlets in which to bark and grunt and hoot and bray and bellow and shriek and scream and howl. They can do that there. You know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll chat here. And a reminder, if you absolutely cannot manage to use the... Uh, Old Holler Tree chat room via the button at head on dot live or any other method. Uh, the, the, the stress line is here too. 877, or no, stop it. 844, I've only been doing this for years. 844 843 4676. 844 843 4676. 844, the horn. And you are welcome to jump right into the thick of things um, here in about. Eh, 50 minutes or so. But like I said, we've got serious stuff to talk about, but I thought we would start with just some ill. I mean, ill. So earlier, I'm not sure if it was this week or last, it all runs together. But we talked about Mullah Mike Johnson and the fact that he claims that he and his, uh, uh, his spouse, of Mike, uh, whom he described on the evening he was elected speaker as having spent the last several days on her knees, dot, 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 praying. Uh, you know, I thought that a little odd, the, the, the two count between knees and praying. And then we found out about the <clears throat> adopted <clears throat> um, African-American son they have, uh, who, by the way, they never bothered to actually adopt, um, and who lives separate and apart from them, and wants doesn't want anybody to doesn't want to particularly have anything to do with what's going on. Well, the way that all came out was when Mullah Mike was talking about how. Uh, uh, and, and it, oh, God, it pissed off the maggots so badly. 
And he said, you know, my black son has a different, had a different growing up than my white son. And that, that just, that just, oh, uh, the 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 people, the the mouth, the mouth walkers and the knuckle breathers, and the people who pick their, te- their teeth with their toenail clippings, were just writhing in paroxysms of derpy fury. Well, now we know a little bit more. And actually, I kind of wish I didn't. Um, yes, Mullah Mike, Randy Radar. That's that's his official name here at the Horn. Um, a lot of people call him MAGA Mike, but given his evangelical fundamentalist uh, amosexualism, I think I think Mullah is a much better term. But now we've found out that Mullah Mike and his white son, for whom life has been seriously easier than the other young man, so Mullah Mike says, uh, you know, I, 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 I like to say that I don't deliberately set out to ruin dinner in any particular time zones or uh, anybody's breakfast. Hi, Joey. Uh but some of this stuff is relevant insofar as it tells you the degree of weirdness that exists, I mean bizarreness, that exists in the evangelical, fundamentalist, amosexual, right-wing, the maggots, what have you. You remember back in the beginning of the beginnings of this century, you know, uh, the uh, phenomenon that was known as purity balls, where grown men who were fathers of adolescent or pre-adolescent daughters would go to these church functions and exchange rings with their daughters, in which the daughter would pledge to remain. Sexually and spiritually pure until I'm married. Remember how gross that was? How entirely yucky that was? Because I do. I mean, it's it's all wrapped up in these disgusting patriarchal notions of virginity. And of course the right wing is obsessed with virginity because basically they're pedophiles. You've got full grown men who and, and, and it's out there in the manosphere and the incel sphere and the men going their own way, and MAGA forums and Republican forums, full-grown men talking about how their their absolute pinnacle would be to have a sexually inexperienced young girl to bed. I know. Well, I guess now we are seeing via Mullah Mike... The other side of that coin, 
Because apparently Mullah Mike and his son, who in the story I read was is, is 17 years old, they each have on their phones a porn app. No, I don't. I don't mean they've got the X Hamster app or the you know, Pornhub app on their phone. Well, I mean, come on, they probably do. No, they've got a porn monitoring app on their phones that notifies the other person when one of them is consuming huh, porn. I can't tell you the last time I viewed it, it, it just never worked for me. And not visual that way. And the sound in bow chicka wow wow no. Which is not surprising because there's not a lot of well, don't leave it alone, Rod. Leave it alone. But if you just really want to put dinner in the Eastern Daylight Time Zone to bed and build the rick, I hope you had your snack already out in the Pacific Standard Time Zone. Imagine being a 17-year-old boy who gets a notification on his phone. Whenever dear old dad decides to fire up some trans girl porn, or any kind of porn, but, you know, they're really, really, really into that. The numbers don't lie. The two, uh, the two states that consume the most online porn are Utah and Alabama, last I checked. Kind of says something, doesn't it? Because to those are two of the most Christianly pious states in the Union. Imagine being that 17-year-old boy and hearing ding and looking down. Oh, Dad's rubbing one out to some... Of course, I'm sure Dad's more concerned that, uh, to be watching. When, but I'm sure the 17-year-old is much more savvy about his phone. Oh, Dad, haven't looked at any porn in months. Because I've got a burner phone. I, I mention that because, A, it just shows how weird and gross Mullah Mike is. But now we know that even though we are, hey, a week away from a government shutdown, that I still maintain the Republicans have no intention of remedying. Even so, well, uh, Mullah Mike has already 
sent the maggot carcass home. Um, Mike Johnson's monitoring app, Lee tells me. On The Daily Show, Sarah Silverman commented on it. She asked why the son, Jack, was given that name. Lee says, I was wondering if Mother Pence demanded the app be created. Mother? Don't don't make me have to use more brain bleach than absolutely necessary, please, Lee. And it's already a necessity. So anyway, the maggot carcass is headed for home. And apparently Mullah Mike is headed somewhere too, only it's not back to Shreveport or Bossier City, Louisiana. No. Mullah Mike is going to go and swan around Gay Paris. Really? He's been invited, Mullah Mike has, to join 22 speakers at the World Freedom Initiative. Yes. Uh, there will be other such leading lights of maggotry there as <laughs> South Dakota Governor Christy Nome. Uh, when last we heard of Christy Nome, it was an open secret that she'd been uh, banging boots with none other than Corey Lewandowski to the point that it became an open joke inside the Trump White, Cow White House. Yeah, there's Christy Nome who's going to save conservatism. You mean the same Christy Nome that's screwing Corey Lewandowski? That one? <laughs> uh, and... Uh, not to be outdone, uh, the guy who's going to lose the West Virginia Republican primary for the Joe Manchin Senate seat, uh, Mary Lander, uh, representing Alex Looney Mooney, will be there. Former Trump campaign manager David Bossy will be there. And various right wing and Nazi adjacent, and probably absolutely Nazi. Uh, assholes from La Belle France, Hungary, as well as other European nations. The event's website says, WFI has the basic goal of bringing the world's like-minded, conservative, patriotic, and center-right... <laughs> Let's read that as fascist leaders from across the political spectrum together to create strong and lasting ties, define common priorities of national interest, find areas for bilateral and multilateral cooperation, learn from each other's experiences, engage in frank and construct constructive exchanges. Does that mean Clovis the Ninth will be there? He was Frankish. Uh, Sloppio out there? I'm sure Flavio will straighten me up on which Clovis it was. Um, engage in frank and constructive exchanges and facilitate fact-finding initiatives between nations' political leaders. 
it will be a minor miracle if 15 minutes into the program they're not all singing the horsed vessel lead and goose-stepping around the room. Uh, a, uh, uh, over on uh, the website formerly known as Twitter, Representative Abigail Spanberger posted and said, we're just eight days away from a devastating government shutdown, and instead of working in a bipartisan way to keep the government open, Speaker Johnson sent Congress home early for the weekend. This is completely unacceptable. Well, Capitol hunters quote-tweeted that and said, as people wonder why Mike Johnson abruptly, abruptly sent Congress home today, a week before a shutdown deadline, maybe he had to rush to his speaking gig in Paris tomorrow. His priority might be to hang with Christy Nome, no covenant marriage for her. Ooh, zing. Devin Nunez, Moms for Liberty, sit, Liberty, sit. Woo! And uh, the whole thing's run by Republicans overseas. Yes, yeah, speakers, Christy Nome, Mullah Mike, David Bossie, we've already mentioned some of these. Balzash. No, really. Orban, political director of Prime Minister Viktor Orban. He was my boyfriend. Uh, I'm guessing uh, uh, Balls Out Orban is uh, maybe his kid or something. I don't know or care. Uh Talk show host and former spokesperson for the re- recently curb-stomped Moms for Liberty, Quisha, no, really, Quisha King will be there. Devin Nunez and uh, uh, Zita Van Kimpema, Kimpema, uh, Secretary of the Board and spokesperson of Farmers Defense Force and President of the Dutch Dairyman Board. Oh, God. Have the Dutch dairy farmers gone fash, y'all? Shut down? What shut down? Oh, you mean you mean the one that uh, that cost the last speaker his job when he averted it and got some Democratic help to do it? That shut down? Yeah, it's gonna happen again, y'all. Oh, wait, Capitol Hunters uh, uh, pointed out that, uh, that uh, well, the, there's no place more romantic than the City of Lights. A stroll along the Boomish. A drink at the Dermago in the Rive Gauche. Yeah, and 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 nobody'd want to be there alone. Gosh, no. That's why Corey Lewandowski's going to be there too. And uh, head Brexiteer and fascist Nigel Farage will be there. And Mullah Mike will be keynoting.
Uh, Christy Nome is apparently already there. I mean, what is it? Uh, 1129 European Standard Time right now? God alone only. I don't even want to think about what those two are up to right now. So this doesn't bode well. And other stories note that the maggots are in because someone, uh, some simple people who don't understand how this all works are writing these headlines. Um, U.S. House Republicans, now the, this story was published five hours ago. U.S. Reuters, no less. U.S. House Republicans aim to release shutdown averting measure Saturday. Um, they say they're going to release a stopgap spending measure Saturday, tomorrow. On the other hand, a, uh, an insider, anonymous of course, said that uh, uh, negotiations over the CR are still in flux. I think they misspelled fucked. And Reuters says um, it was also unclear what form the measure would take. And some, some, some maggots are actually calling for a clean CR to like the middle of January wouldn't have any of the maggoty cuts in it or any of the weird ideological horse crap if Mullah Mike lets that go through Mullah Mike won't be speaker anymore I hope we're all ready for what's coming. I, I, there'll probably be there'll be a flurry of activity. Monday's always a travel day for the House and Senate, so that means that uh, Mullah Mike can have all day, uh, all day, all day tomorrow, and all day Sunday, and get on a red eye and be back in D.C. Monday night. And all of this business about them being in disarray is pure baloney. And honestly, I, I think only simple people, uh, you know, people who don't listen to this program, uh, buy into the idea that they're even remotely interested in preventing a shutdown. Uh, going back to the app that uh, Mullah Mike and his son Jack share, 
Brother Deacon Asa with a trenchant observation. The bigger question is that who is who is at the other end of that accountability app and how much compromat they are collecting on the U.S. fucking House fucking speaker. <laughs> well, if you want to if you want to do some hardcore speculating, Brother Deacon, consider this headline from Business Insider. Speaker Mike Johnson floats confiscating Russian assets to fund Ukraine war aid. Quote, it would be pure poetry. Look it. If we seized every oligarch yacht and every oligarch 737 or Gulfstream 5, that wouldn't pay for a day of artillery rounds. Speaking to the New York Post, <laughs> well, uh, Mullah Mike said, It would be pure poetry to find the Ukrainian, fund the Ukrainian war effort with Russian assets. As you can imagine, that idea has been met with great enthusiasm on the Republican side. I suspect it will be with our colleagues on the other side as well. It's an eminently responsible thing for us to do. <sighs> So there's $300 billion in Russian central bank assets frozen around the ro- world since uh, they invaded Ukraine. But two-thirds of that is in banks that the United States can't touch. And it might tra- trash the euro and the dollar as a reserve currency. Again, they have no intention of doing any of this. Mullah Mike is going to go and hobnob with fascists. Fascists who think that Big Bad Vladdy Daddy is awful darn cool. You know, whatever. Um... Yeah, what's next? Stephen New York asks. What's next? Is 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 Mullah Mike's son Jack's last name Mehoffer? Steve. This is a classy program. Uh, Steve adds, I wonder, think about this. I wonder if they've come to the conclusion which Tuesday confirmed that they have essentially lost the culture war. As a result, they're just going to start to burn it all down. The government shutdown isn't them. I wonder if maybe the government shutdown isn't them finally lighting the match to do that. Well, it certainly is the desire of people like Matt, it just gets worse. Would you put it past them? Because I wouldn't put it past them. It's who they are. They're vandals, Visigoths. Uh, you got a, you got a law from Ralphs, Steve, or Jack Meehoffer. Huh. 
Now, 37, 37 minutes into the program, we've gone full juvenile here. Don't encourage him, Ralphs. Yeah, there we are, uh, uh, Lou with an observation. Well done, Lou and PA. You know, just like the second Iraqi war was going to pay for itself with oil. Have we paid that off yet? Have we paid off dim leaders' blunder in Baghdad? Actually, I don't think it was ever on the books. All right. Randy Radar has decided to work the same side of the street. The House Majority Whip is currently Tom Ember of Minnesota, and he's going to need a bigger whip. Maybe a gimp suit. Hmm. And then, and then the uh, the problem of the fascist Dutch dairy farmers. Lee in New York. This is good. This is quality. Blame the cow with the black mark below its nose. Hmm. Mein Kampf. See what see what we've got to deal with today? And meanwhile in uh, in states around the country investigations are underway because suspicious envelopes have been sent to various election offices. The Secretary of State of Washington is Steve Hobbs. Yesterday, Thursday, he said envelopes containing unknown powdery substances were discovered Wednesday by election workers in several counties. Every office where they were found had to be evacuated. According to the Spokane Police Department, a primary test of the white powdery substance in one of the envelopes Tested positive for fentanyl. That probably came over the southern border. Uh, Then there was another envelope that tested positive for baking soda. Uh, The bomb squad responded to an election office in Pierce County, Washington and found a, a, a message saying that the purpose of the letter was to stop the election. And then, in Georgia, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger said that uh, election workers in Fulton County got a suspicious letter, intercepted before it could get to the election office. Raffensperger, a good Republican, said no motive has been determined. Uh, we're working with our state and federal partners to determine if any additional Georgia officials are being targeted. Domestic terrorists will not trample on our right to free and fair elections. Uh, you, you, you might just want to say Republicans there, Brad. I mean, the Republican domestic terror, because I'm pretty sure the 
Pretty sure the Green Party isn't sending these out because it, it would be, you know, organic then. It, it'd be it'd be pure powdered opium, organic powdered opium, cruelty free, cage free, free range opium, fair trade certified, with an Afghan warlord's uh, staff of certification on the brick. Uh, they got a suspicious piece of mail in Lane County, Oregon. And they uh, had to close the office and it delayed some ballot counting. In California, officials there said that uh, the Postal Service intercepted two suspicious envelopes headed to local election facilities. They haven't found out what was in it yet. An unknown substance was sent to the Attorney General of Texas's office. Uh, initial tests there were negative. This sounds like a pardon the paranoia. Coordinated effort. According to the FBI, in at least four instances, preliminary tests indicated the presence of fentanyl. ABC News got hold of one of the flyers that came with it uh, that said, uh, end elections now, stop giving power to the right that they don't have. We are in charge now and there is no more need for them. Also be aware your ballot drops are very susceptible to noxious chemicals like AMBL, they are unsafe to the public, just saying. And because these are real geniuses, uh, they've got a uh, pride, pride progress flag and a pentacle. They're so clever, aren't they? At the DOJ, a spokesperson there said, we're aware of the reports and the FBI and U.S. Postal Inspection Service are investigating this matter. We have no further comment at this time. But based on that flyer that ABC News got, and I don't know, maybe they swallowed it it whole is probably the wrong terminology. But I fully expect that if we were to uh, pot up Fox News TV, Radio Rwanda, there would be some sort of uh, all-caps crawler or perhaps one of the screaming memes of Fox News TV, Radio Rwanda, bellowing about uh, the queers are poisoning, the queers are trying to poison the poll workers. We're in charge now. No, you're not. Uh, Stephen, New York, Green Party sending out fentanyl. You'd know it was from the Green Party if the address was Cincinnati, but it ended up in Columbus. Oh, quality! Uh, uh, Darlene, 
Maybe we should just start calling you Snarky Roxy with your jab at the Green Party. <sighs> Started, mailed it to Cincinnati, but it wound up in Columbus. Great moments in green derpery. Ralphs, I expect better from you. Uh, responding to Randy Radar, Ralphs said, or maybe the house whip needs a cane. <laughs> and in outrage du jour, this... Wow, I never thought that I would be defending Hobby Lobby. Now, I'm not going to either. They're a bunch of Lulus. Nuttier, nutt, nuttier than a Christmas fruitcake, the Green family that runs Hobby Lobby is. But some people are having a mad at them. Because, now, now we know who the Greens are, right? This is the most puissant, upstanding, God-fearing, pious uh, Christian family of gazillionaires who does, in fact, run Hobby Lobby. They it were. They they it was. It were. Sometimes English is hard. Who uh, went all the way to the Supreme Court to make sure that. As long as a corporation has closely held sincere religious beliefs, they don't have to pay for a woman's slut medicine. Remember, that's what Rush Limbaugh called it, slut medicine. Yeah, contraception. How's that working for? How's that working out for you down there in the eternally damned pineapple farm, Rush? But some people. I can use the Fox style manual too, y'all. Some people are declaring that Hobby Lobby is, wait for it. I mean, it's almost like whoever is saying this doesn't know that the Green family are full on 200% snake handling, floor rolling, Crisco on the hair anointing, tongue speaking, uh, evangelical, fundamentalist, amosexual maniacs. Remember, they built the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C., and then got busted for trafficking in stolen artifacts from the Middle East that turned out to be counterfeits in the first place. Eh. Said the expert. Contrefait. Yeah. But nonetheless, some Hobby Lobby customers are butthurt because they went to a chain store operated by evangelical maniacs in search of Hanukkah decorations. Well, they scoured. They scoured Hobby Lobby, row by row, shelf by shelf, top to bottom, and couldn't find a single dreidel or menorah.
In Providence, Rhode Island, Carrie Bestwick uh, told News Channel WJAR Wednesday, I think it's upsetting for the fact that every religion, especially now in 2023, should have decorations they can go and buy. They should, uh, and then Gabrielle Riccio from North Kingstown, Rhode Island, also told WJAR, which is confusing to me because uh, WAJR is an AM radio station in Morgantown, West Virginia, and the, and many happy hours have I spent at Mountaineer Field hearing the announcer's voice. God, he was good. Declare from the WAJR college football scoreboard and you know, give give the scores of the hour and hear the roar of the crowd if Penn State's behind or or if, uh, uh, if Pitt was getting pasted. Took some of the sting out of the pasting we were probably getting at the time. You know, we could be down to Miami 47 to nothing, but if Pitt's taken it on the chin and the WAJR college football scoreboard announced it in the stadium, a cheer would 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 arise and resound through the hills and hollers. Anyway, WJAR, Weejar, um, Gabrielle Riccio said they should definitely represent every religion and make people feel like they can come and support and make crafts based on whatever religion they celebrate. I'm definitely a diversity, equity, and inclusion girl. But do these people not understand that the Green family are free marketeers and evangelical Christians at the same time? If stuff doesn't sell, they don't stock the stuff. Not to mention the fact that the Green family probably thinks every Jew is going to hell because they killed Christ. They killed our Lord and Savior. There's only one problem. Hobby Lobby has, on repeated occasions, put out press releases saying, y'all, we don't have any menorahs, we don't have any dreidels for Hanukkah, you need to go to our other chain store. Uh, Because uh, that's where you'll find them. Mardell, M-A-R-D-E-L, is the sister store. Now, they got crosses and Bibles and Bible covers and Bible journals with a verse a day. All of that stuff's right there at Mardell. And they got them some menorahs and some cradles, too. On the website there uh, for Hobby Lobby, they say that... uh, uh, we operate, and remember, they're from Oklahoma, Stan, y'all. Uh, we operate in a manner consistent with biblical principles, and we're going to share the Lord's blessings with our employees, as long as they ain't women, and as long as their blessings ain't contraception. As far back as 2013, someone went in looking for a dreidel or a menorah, and someone working in the store looked at the potential customer and said, we don't cater to you people. 
Green family had to swing into damage control mode at that point. Steve Green said, uh, Comments like these do not reflect the feelings of our family or Hobby Lobby. Uh, by the way, we are proud con- con- contributors to the Ad Vashem. Uh, they, 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 they take care of remembering the Holocaust. Our family has a deep respect for the Jewish faith and those who hold its traditions dear, even though they're all going to hell. We do not have any policies that discriminate. We'll let the Lord do that for us. In fact, we have policies that specifically prohibit discrimination against anybody who ain't a woman wanting contraception. Uh, I mean, the, the, the one the, the one woman who said, I think they should have decorations for every religion. I mean, that's a very liberal and very progressive and very inclusive position to take. But there's a lot of religions out there. I, I personally... Well, I, I, for one, would like to see uh, a little segment for holiday decorations for Whitslow Poachley and Quetzalcoatl. And uh, particularly, and, and I know uh, yeah, this Mexica deity is a particular favorite of our buddy Dr. John out in New Mexico, Oh, what is his name? Its name. Their name. I'm not going to be happy till I know this, because I used to remember it. How could I forget? Shipetotek. Yes. Shipetotek wears the flayed skin of a human being. Um, Steve Steve in New York we support the Jews Jews I gotta say it like other DNAs we sell Hanukkah kosher hams every year Uh, uh, Lee in New York pointing out and would know from whence he speaks Hanukkah Apologies if this is a repeat. Hanukkah is a minor holiday. It is modern and historically recorded as opposed to biblical holidays. The only reason it's significant is that that other holiday at the end of the year, you know, that one, the one with the decorated trees, a stranger sneaking into your home, lights, music, seems to be based on a birthday but starts months before the holiday. Oh, no kidding. The marketing does get to me sometimes. Halloween was not even over before the Christmas crap was out uh, in in my my local Dollar General. Not kidding. Uh, 
I mentioned the other day that I had to go uh, across the river to the place with the air compressor to fill up my tire um, the other night. And because it was dark, I couldn't help but notice a great big lighted candy cane on a power pole. I mean, you can't just put them up the night before. No, people want to see the pretty lights and everything. But can we wait till Thanksgiving? Or a couple of days before, I mean, Thanksgiving is two days from yesterday, Thursday, the 9th. I guess I'm being curmudgeonly. Yeah, WJAR, Providence, Rhode Island. Thank you, Randy Radar. WJAR, WAJR is in Morgantown, West Virginia. Uh, no, well, Theo, you are listening. I thought you were on the road. Uh, house astrophysics class clown. Oh, this is going to be good. Hey, uh, hey, Theo. My favorite act of idiocy came from Oaf Chiefess Marge, who upbraided the director of NASA for referring to the Webb Space Telescope. That's the Hubble telescope, she fumed. In fact, the Webb Space Telescope has taken over and sends back breathtaking images of the universe. Try again, Marge. Uh, some of us would like for it to be not named the Webb Space Telescope because, well, he, he oversaw what was called the Pink Purge of NASA to make sure that NASA was entirely and thoroughly uh, masculine and straight. Uh, true, Brother Deacon. Let's not forget that I routinely send you pictures of Christmas decorations for sale at Costco at the end of August. <sighs> Can't miss it. Well, you know, there are obsessive-compulsive people who get started. I mean, there are entire humongous stores. I, I've been to a couple of them that, is, that, that sell nothing but Christmas crap year-around. In fact, I think the name of them, one of, one of them was Christmas Town. Oi. Yeah, uh, Randy Radar. Pointing out the Vermont Country Store was advertising Christmas in late August. At that time, we were having a heat wave. I unsubscribed. Good on you, Randy. Strike a blow for freedom. It, it, well, I mean, you, but see, it's all marketing, it's all retail, and no retail wants to be accused of participating in the war on Christmas. Because, as Megyn Kelly reminded us, of course Santa is white, even though the original St. Nicholas was probably well da darker than off coffee. I do have a story in the stack that uh, will speak to Theo. The world is saying goodbye to Frank Borman. Frank Borman was one of the NASA astronauts. He was in charge, the head of the 1968 Apollo 8 mission. That was the first human space flight that got to the moon. They orbited the moon. And came home. NASA Administrator Bill Nelson 
who I always want to refer to as Major Nelson, said, today we remember, and he was a senator back when Florida elected Democrats, uh, today we remember one of NASA's best. His lifelong love for aviation and exploration was only surpassed by his love for his wife, Susan. Born in 1928 in Gary, Indiana. He flew as a fighter pilot in, uh, in uh, the U.S. Air Force. Was good enough that he became a test pilot and went on to become an assistant professor of thermodynamics at West Point. At the time, though, uh, when he did it, he set a record for time in space on Gemini 7 alongside Jim Lovell in 1965. They spent 14 days in space, and that was the first space rendezvous with the Gemini 6 spacecraft. And I'm sure everyone's seen it, that amazing photograph called Earthrise that shows the Earth and part of the lunar surface was taken during the Apollo 8 mission. A long life well lived, a pioneer. So, warp speed, Frank Warren. Uh, yes, he, he was the former CEO of Eastern Airlines, Randy Radar. That's. Christmas store town, Stephen in New York says, when I was a kid and we took fishing trips to, in, in Canada and drove from Dayton to wherever we were going in Canada, we always went by the exit for Frankenmuth, Michigan. As to uh, Marge and the telescope, Lee says, don't blame her for not knowing. If she looked up, she might get blinded by, the, by a Jewish face laser. Oh! Lee's on his game tonight. And, wow, where did that hour go? So, uh, we are done with the first hour of the program. We've got $200 to go on uh, on TJ's challenge. Thank you again, TJ. Thank you to our kind, anonymous Internet friend for responding to it. I did visit the... Uh, post office today where I uh, found a uh, check from Brandon and Fennell. Thank you both so much. And and I trust Tracy's not listening. Some uh, cliff bars that were sent to me anonymously. Uh, Raisin bars. In, in, in hopes that maybe it can cite my cra- uh, it can uh, sate my cravings for uh, the long gone Keebler iced raisin bars. Can't wait to try them. Probably have one in the morning.
Ralphs, thank you so much for jumping in on the challenge. We're down to 175. Thank you so much. So let me uh, let me fire up Skype. And prepare to go over the river and through the woods to the old holler tree. Get the cord all and hope it works. There it is. And we are in. Hey, Roger. Hello. Hey, hey, Squeaky. Okay, wait a minute. I got to play with the. Okay, try me again. Yeah, you're there. Hello. Hey, Ben. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Squeaky. Hey, Roger. Hey. Howdy. So, Roger, tell us about Bacillus uh, cereus. I'm a little bit more familiar with C. bot, C. botulism. Um, what was the name you came up with here? Uh, Bacillus cereus. Okay. Uh, which is I'll apparently the, the culprit in... Fried rice syndrome. Well, I've got my book here on uh, all this good stuff. Um, and I'm looking for Bacillus. C E R E U S. C. E-R-L-U-S. No, C-E-R-E-U-S. E-U-S. Um, what I've got is my uh, my book here that talks about all kinds of things. And uh, the list I've got, let's see, starts out with... Uh, Botulism and then C. perfringens and E. coli and norovirus, listerius, salmonellas and anyhow, strep staphylococcal, uh, toxoplasmosis, verbiosis. Uh, I don't find that one. But that's not to say it doesn't exist. Uh, I, I was more focused on the idea of the, the temperatures and stuff. And the standard uh, thought process is between 40 degrees Fahrenheit and 140 degrees Fahrenheit is the danger zone with the highest danger between 60 and 125, which means when you go to a picnic and you take some stuff out and you put it on the table for everybody to be munching on, um, generally speaking, the temperature is between 60 degrees and 125 degrees. And that is the most rapid growth of bacteria and production of the toxins. 
So you don't want to keep it in that time, in that temperature zone for more than about three hours. Um, amazingly enough, if you have a deep dish uh, pot like a tuna casserole or something like that, and you eat it, you leave it on the table, dinner takes an hour, and then you prop, pop it in the fridge, uh, the center of that tuna casserole can stay quite warm for quite a long time in the fridge. So the thing there is you want to spread it kind of thin and then cool it down quickly, and then you can repackage it once it's cold into the big chunk that, that you store in the fridge. But foodborne illnesses are definitely a serious hazard and are very easy to do. And as my wife has pointed out, that before she went through this training class that, that we're engaged in doing another one now, she's trying to figure out how she didn't kill herself and, and her family earlier. Um, <laughs> but the, Sorry, don't mean to laugh. The, but the guidelines that, that I'm talking about here are on the, on the really cautious side and are working to prevent uh, people from from often themselves just by the improper handling of foodstuffs. Well, in the in the case that's gotten that has become somewhat um, notorious via the TikTok, uh, a 20-year-old Belgian person ate spaghetti with tomato sauce that he had left out for five days and then chowed down on it. Well. One of the things about any kind of bacteria is they do a doubling uh, process of populating the, the medium that you've got. And you start out with one bacteria, and every bacteria has its own time run. But then it becomes two, and then it becomes four, and then it becomes eight, and then 16, and then 32. And that's in those first few hours, and that's a bacterial load that generally your body can handle. But when you start getting up to 32, 64, 128, 256, 512, 10, 24, uh, and then 2048, and you keep going, um, pretty soon that doubling is... Uh, you get a tremendous overload, and most of these that deal with the foodborne illnesses. It's either the bacteria or it's the toxin that is a waste byproduct of their growth and death. And, you know, like C. botulism, who is that, uh, is, a, is a toxin that you can't taste it, you can't smell it, you can't see it. Uh, there's no easy home test for it. And a very small amount of it could really do you in. And what's remarkable, that toxin, is that Kevin that's causing the problem? Oh, the cops oh. came by. Oh, okay. Yeah, two cop cars just went right by. I, I, I had to pull over. Okay, I, I was hearing the screech and kind of wondered about it. Um but inter interestingly enough, the toxin from botulism is the same stuff that they are injecting, and it's called Botox treatments. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It has its salutary uses. 
So, uh, anyhow, if anybody's got any questions, I can work at answering them. Uh, but that fellow that left a, a, a dish out on the countertop uh, for multiple days and then ate it, um, I, you know, I would recommend him for a Darwin Award. I, well, you can answer this one probably. Wouldn't I mean? Wouldn't five-day-old spaghetti left out on the counter yield up a funky aroma? Well, um, I would expect more of gray fuzz on it. Well, that was my next question. Don't eat, you know, don't eat the fuzzy food. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, there are certain fuzzy foods you can't eat. Um, it's not real fuzzy, but blue cheese comes to mind. Uh, one of the problems with mold on any food is the blue fuzz that you see is simply a, a fruiting portion of the organism. And there are tendrils, i.e. roots, that go down into the food and just scraping the mold off and eating it, no. you're still getting the mold. Yeah, uh, no, 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 no. But now, hard cheeses, uh, those little roots don't go much in over about an inch. So if you have a hard cheese, you can cut off the inch deep and uh, eat the rest of it. Honest or to, things yeah, like honest to blue God, cheese. Yeah, honest to God, Roger, hard cheese sounds like a mob term. Yeah, he thought he was a real hard cheese. No, I'm thinking more like your Goudas and uh, the other cheeses that that are hard to the touch. I I, I wasn't trying to be. Uh, no, no, no. I just said that's what it, it sounds. It sounds. It just sounds like a mob term. Well, I've heard about head cheese, not hard cheese. No, the mob like term. Yeah, yeah. Kevin gets it. Yeah, he thought he was a hard cheese, but he sleeps with the fishes now. Probably with cement boots. Yeah. No, food safety is just one of those things that uh, you also need to be highly aware of what is generally called the at-risk population, which are babies uh, less than six months old, pregnant women, uh immune-compromised, cancer-patients-type persons, or, according to my books, anybody over the age of 65. And they're the ones that should be much more uh, attuned and careful on the foodborne illness number. But then there are things that we've all done forever and ever and ever, and, and people do them, and it's actually found out to be worse than virtually anything. And that is when you get that chicken or turkey from the store, uh, you wash it. No, you really don't want to do that. Uh, because generally speaking, the uh, any contaminants that are on it are on the skin. And if you wash it, unless you wash it in bleach or something, um, you're spreading it and get the, the stuff under the skin and all that. So just pat it dry and cook it. Uh, hamburger is a real serious one. Um uh, if you have a solid cut of meat like a steak or a tri-tip or something like that, 
the the reason you can get away with cooking that rare is that the contaminants are only on the surface. And so when you cook it, the surface gets heated up above the 165 and kills off the, the bad organisms. But with hamburger, it's been all mixed together. And so if you don't cook the hamburger up to the 165 in the center, uh, you can end up getting foodborne illnesses out of the rare hamburger. And I know that's what the rule is, but I, even though I'm over 65, damn it, I don't want brown all the way through hamburger on a bun. I, I still eat mine rare, although I know I'm not supposed to. Yeah, I like a little color myself, so I get that. Well, this stuff was, again, Bacillus cereus. Uh, cereus, of course, Latin, grain, cereal, we get the word from. The goddess Ceres. And uh, apparently it can exist at higher temperatures than will kill other bacteria. And it's serious enough that it bring, it brings on, uh, among other things, liver failure. You say it's a bacillus? Yes, bacillus serious. C-E-R-E-U-S. Oh, it's an anaerobic. Um, okay. Um, anaerobic means it thrives in a uh, oxygen-deprived environment, and it does release the harmful toxins. Um, Usually get over it in 24 hours, but it can be uh, fatal. Uh, oh, that spaghetti on the counter must have just been loaded with it. Yeah. Because five days is what, 128 hours? Five times 24, 100, 120 at least. Yeah, five times yeah. 24 would be yeah, 120. 120. That's what happens when I do math on the fly. Uh, not related to food poisoning. Uh, again, if you have a compromised immune system. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then reading down just a little bit further, I get, yeah, it causes food poisoning. So... Uh, And it continues to reproduce in your small intestine. Lovely. And uh, 
usually see the symptoms 6 to 15 hours after eating it. And it comes from fish, dairy, meat, sauces, soups, stews, vegetables. Uh, usually get sick within one to six hours. Rice is the most common uh, associated with it. Uh, well, we've just ruined SpaghettiOs for Randy Radar. Well, pasta, pastry, potatoes, and sushi. And you can also get an infection in your eyes, your respiratory system, or your wounds. And the bacterium can show up in dust, plants, soil, and water. Uh, again, here's the, the newborn. Uh, you can get it from IV drugs, too. There's approximately 63,000 cases a year in the United States. Uh, people, everybody, age and race can get it. And although non-intestinal is rare. Okay, commonly occurs from eating foods left at room temperature. Food poisoning can occur even if you reheat the food. Uh, vomiting and diarrhea. You're going to get abdominal pain, stomach cramping, and watery diarrhea. And... It appears that it's the toxin like C-bot. Great, you can get it in your bloodstream. Or brain abscess, meningitis. Now, somewhere out there, somebody's having rice for dinner this evening and thinking twice about it. No, it's okay. Just go ahead and eat it while it's hot. Yeah. We use... Maybe I'll have to talk to Patricia about this, too, but... uh, we frequently have rice, and then it goes in the fridge, and then we reheat it day, two, three, four days later, and uh, just zap it in the microwave to heat it up, and we've always had no problem at all. Well, curiously, uh, I was I was watching a, uh, a How to Make Fried Rice video the other day, and this was like a 25-year veteran of making fried rice at a an uh, upscale resident, uh, a restaurant in Beijing, and the chef made a point of saying, "When you're making fried rice, you know you got to chill it in the fridge. You can't just use recently cooked rice; it doesn't work." But he spread it out on a on a sheet pan and broke it up, and because he wanted it all cold and all dried out. Well, that spreading out on a sheet pan <clears throat> is a, a that's the thing. You want to get things thin enough to where when you do put them in a refrigerated space, they cool down quickly. Right. So we have ruined we have ruined dinner for far too many people, but I think it's glad it's good that we fleshed this out because it's useful information. 
That having, that, that having been said, I need to send out uh, uh, thanks to Raymond. Uh, Ray, the South African in Hollywood. Thank you so much, Ray. And that just got us down to what? Um, uh, 155. Uh, 155 to go on TJ's challenge. Thank you, Ray. Thank you so very much. And that could get us. Uh, we started at 1270, 1250. Yep, we could get down to uh, 750 in terms of a community-made miracle. Thank you, Ray. Thank you. Hopefully you'll have some more company. Great to see your name and great to hear from you. So uh, this is fun. Here's how to avoid it. Okay. Cooling your cooked foods that you don't eat immediately to below 41 degrees within six hours. Keeping them refrigerated below 41 degrees. Keeping hot foods at temperatures above 135 and making sure that reheated food reaches a temperature of at least 165 degrees Fahrenheit. And toss any food you think may have bacteria. So since that fried rice was sitting on the counter, or spaghetti was sitting on the counter for five days, uh, you should just assume that it's contaminated after that six hours. Or, you know, you might stretch that to eight. But um, if you left it out overnight... And you got up in the morning and you go, man, that was a good party. Oh, shit, nobody put the spaghetti away. Uh, that's a good candidate for putting in the trash barrel. Out to the compost. Or we don't want to lose any. You know, well, you can put it on the compost if you want to. Uh, but any, unfortunately, if you've got a backyard compost pile, you should generally not put, uh, well, you could put cooked rice in there. But if it's got any kind of meat or fish or anything else, putting it on a compost pile, you're simply asking for rats to start visiting your compost pile. Hell, and garbage. most folks don't like to create a place for rats. There are an awful lot of people who raise chickens that uh, discovered that if they don't put in the, the right feeders and the rest of that kind of stuff, uh, all they're doing is creating a hell of a rat population in the neighborhood. Great. When our my backyard neighbor started having chickens, I started getting rats. Did you have a talk? Oh, I did have a little bit of a talk, but I don't think it worked. So I just have rat traps set out. Last one I didn't have tied down, and the rat trap disappeared one night. So I have a feeling the rat got snapped, but then didn't get killed and managed to scoot away with the trap attached. And I'm sure the rats died, but I'm not going to go looking for the trap because that would take me into the next-door neighbor's yard to hell with it. I'll just and go. I would, just went, and, bought a new trap. And it'd probably be real gross, too. Yeah, you, you mentioned rat traps, and I immediately thought of Sparky out there electrocuting the rats. No, uh, I don't electrocute them. I just get the old-fashioned rat traps. and uh, Mice tend to not be able to run off with the trap, but rats sometimes get caught, and they don't get killed right away. And if you don't have a wire attached to the trap, 
you can have props. When I had the barn, because um, I had cats, the rats would use the structural beams kind of thing around the barn. Yeah, they're intelligent. They'd use, they'd use those to run around. So my thing was I take the rat trap and tie a wire through the little staple that holds that bale that sets the rat trap and <clears throat> tie it to that staple and then tie the wire to the beam that they're running on and I'd set the trap and set it up on the beam. Well, when I'd go out to the barn, I didn't have to get up on a ladder to look at the trap because any time a rat got caught, it'd snap them and then they'd hang down from the wire. Jesus. And those, wires, those wires were long enough to where I could just go over and, oh, okay, I got a rat. Make sure it's dead. Pop it out. Pay attention, you other rats. Set the trap back up on the beam and wait for the next one. And I was, I had rat traps set in that barn all the time. All the time. The one week I decided to listen, you start talking about me electrocuting rats. Well, it's true, isn't it? Yes, it's true. <laughs> I would expect nothing less of a master electrician. Well, that was the trap. Yes. I had all kinds of traps. I must have trapped over 25 rats in my shop. Glad they're gone. Did they stay gone? Yeah, I haven't seen any in a while. Of course, I don't have my trusty rat hunter anymore. Oh. Sorry about that. But anyway, that's my update. Hi, Sparky. Hello. Is the Queen of Dragons still operating? Yeah, as far as I know. But I got to experience the local pot shop in Red Bluff last week. Is it they have a good selection? I don't know. I was looking for one thing that was just amazing going in there. There was more people in there that worked in there than there were customers. Well, that wow. probably means they're charging too much. And they had security guards on both doors. There's a rear entrance and a front entrance. Yeah, while I was over picking up the mail earlier today, I uh, noticed in the little shopping center nearby uh, another place has gone in called Coalfield Cannabis. I don't know how I feel about that. What are they selling? Well, it, it's a medical mar- marijuana store. Yeah. And you well, have a certification. Uh, yeah, I mean, you've got to jump through all kinds of hoops in this state to get to go to the medical marijuana store. I've never seen the inside of one. Because, frankly, well, pro- I just don't do much anymore. You probably don't need a card to walk in the store. You just need a card to buy some. No, no, you can't even walk in the store. Uh, 
stupid politicians. Well, the Republicans did everything they could that they could to keep it from happening at all. Well, I would like to see the federal government come up with some kind. What first of all, they need to open up the banks to the marijuana industry, and then the second one is allow the interstate shipment of marijuana between states that are legal so a producer in Oregon could enter into a business relationship with a shop, say, in West Virginia, and then use the U.S. mail to simply deliver from the the grower in Oregon to the marijuana shop in West Virginia. And they could say that you could only transport to licensed uh, shops. But you couldn't, in other words, I couldn't send it directly to you. It have to be an interstate compact with the state of California. Or Oregon. Um, but what I'm getting at is they could, they well, could the set that regulation up. A handshake. Yeah. But, but my thing is that I would be able to send to the shop that Robin could then go to the shop and buy the product. Whereas I wouldn't ship it directly to Robin. Uh, right, and 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 you could develop that whole snobbish culture of, well, you know, I've got I've got some Oregon biscuits and gravy kush here. Yeah, I mean, they could do all kinds of marketing on those those kinds of things, but right now, the surplus is such here in Oregon that nobody's making any money at all, at least not the growers. Um, and yet there are places that don't have any at all, and the prices are really high. And it's called free market economy, but it could be very well regulated and allow the, I mean, like a wine number. For years and years and years, you couldn't send wine through the mail. Now you can send wine through the mail. Well, send weed through the mail. Nitwit Nero sold meat through the mail. Yeah, I wonder what the I wonder what the contamination was of the meat. Oh dear God, you were talking about roots earlier and whatnot. I'm glad I never bought any of his meat or vodka or never went to Trump U or. Any of that shit. Or went to New York and flew the Trump helicopter? Nope. I have uh, walked by Trump Tower and the Trump International Hotel, but never set foot in either one. I flew Trump shuttle one time from D.C. to New York. Any, any, any side effects? I keep having this 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 head keeps growing out of the side of my neck. I keep having to chop it off. It's an orange. <laughs> yeah, but but you know what though? To be honest, um, it was the only shuttle that ran literally every half hour or every hour, and it would it would take off regardless, which is probably why it went out of business because. It was taking off. There were times it would take off with one person on it or two people on it. 
but um, I remember I took it during think uh, this would have been 1990. I went with my roommate from college to because he lived in uh, Westchester in upstate, and I, he invited me to Thanksgiving that year, and we took we took the shuttle, and it was and it was the price was very reasonable. Um, it had its own uh, terminal in National Airport. Um, I remember it being fairly nice, but you know, as with most of the things that he touches, it went out of business because it was poorly run. Like the so. like the Trump Taj Mahal. Yeah, I got a mm-hmm. note. I got a note from Tom in Sunny San Rafael. Uh, good to hear from Sparky. I got an electronic rat trap after he talked about it. Worked great. We touch people's lives on this program in ways that many of us never even imagined. So here's some good news. Uh, the latest uh, Federal Election Commission reports. Uh-huh. Uh, Rafaelito Eduardo Cruz, the anointed booger-eating future king of America, uh, in the latest period brought in about $3 million bucks. Uh, his uh, presumptive challenger in 2024, Representative Colin Allred of Texas, former linebacker for the uh, for Baylor, uh, the Baylor Battling Baptists, uh, got 4.7. And it gets even worse for Rafaelito because uh, Rafaelito only has $5,756,097 of cash on hand, where uh, Colin Allred already has uh, almost $8 million at seven million nine nineteen nine eighty four. And in that list of most vulnerable senators in 2024, uh, down at number nine was Rafaelito, and number ten was Rick Skeletor Scott in Florida. Wouldn't it be beautiful to, lo- to, to lose Joe Manchin's seat and pick up Ted Cruz's? Yeah, it would be. Well, I'm just hoping that the election results over the last four years, uh, particularly with the abortion uh, votes and and the rest of that, uh, that all these polls that are being touted uh, are just pure bullshit and that the wave is bending to the blue side uh, because you realize that the House just went from a majority of five to a majority of four there was uh, some place on the east coast that had a special election and refilled a dead republican seat with a democrat so the margin of victory for republicans is down one more hey robin yes dave let me ask you, I have really been, along the lines with what Roger just said, I have, okay, let me, I will say this, the one thing that has really pissed me off about this poll is I keep, they keep saying that Biden is losing. Look, Biden is not, you can't lose, you can't be losing a race that has not started. 
So I think that's that's just stupid and lazy and typical of of our whatever you want to call those people who sit on TV and blather about shit. I have, for the life of me, tried to figure out what exactly do those polls mean in light of what happened on Tuesday. Well, you know, uh, there's a complicated political term, political science term for what those polls mean. Okay. I was going to say bullshit. Bupkis. Oh, bupkis, yeah. But I mean, you, you know, I mean, what, what? But I don't. But what? Okay, okay. Let's let, let's just think of it this way. Those polls would tend to say that Biden is unpopular. So there's a couple things that those polls and those that result on Tuesday are telling us. Either. Either uh, here, here are the possible scenarios. Number one, the the unpopularity of we'll call it the left. I don't like calling it that because, like you say, there really is no left. That's that 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 it's that the unpopularity is is specific to Biden. Um, or it tells us that people are not voting for Democrats their vote like you know like like to me with the abortion thing it's is not about abortion this is about people saying which is why you have and particularly in Ohio this this I saw this uh Karnacki was who's actually very good I think talking about this is the, that issue one was winning in in suburban Trump counties and I think you know it's it's this is not about abortion. This is about people saying, you know what? I don't want the government. You know, when 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 my wife and I, uh, when my we we ha we want to discuss, you know, when my wife may need to have an abort or whatever. It's not about abortion. It's about our discussions are for our family and our doctor, and well, the government I mean has no say in that. You know, I think that's really what it's about. Well, it, it is. It absolutely is. But it, it, the, the question, Steve, is in the messaging. True. I think I think because, you know, they talk about, you know, we're small government Republicans. Need to hammer them. These small government Republicans want to be uh, want the government to be small enough to fit in woman's uterus. Do you remember uh, exactly what you're saying? Do you remember there was a commercial that came out not too long after uh, uh, Dobbs? In Texas, where it was a, I believe it was a Latino couple were, were in a, like a examination room and the doctor comes out and they're talking and the doctor says, um, cause the, 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 the woman says, Hey, um, I think we may need to terminate the, whatever it was. And the guy and the doctor says, hold on, I need to call Greg. Yeah. I remember that one. I, to me, that. That is it right there, and you're right. That, but that encapsulates it because that is a scenario that people can look at and go, "Yeah, I can see that being us." But to, have, but to give to, but to give Jehoshaphat credit because he's been on a bit of a tear lately on this. They play the and they they play the Trump clips over and over and over and over again of Julius Geezer saying. I'm the one who ended Roe. I'm the one who, after 50 years, 
I ended row for you. And let them, let them, let them wear that because they're they're running away from it right now. Um, in fact, one, if you assume any good faith at all, which I do not, one attempt at getting a CR through featured uh, a, a conniption over DC uh, DC government having a law that says that you can't discriminate against someone for using contraception. I mean, it sounds it just sounds nutty, but the the maggots had a fit over it. It was an extremist. It, you know, you can say it's an extremist bill, but the bottom line is it ain't that extreme. It's who it's who the maggots are now, and have been since 1972 to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But now you've got members of the so-called Biden 18. You know these 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 maggot Congress critters who won in districts that Biden won. And it's at this point, it's almost a hallelujah chorus of them going, shut up, shut yeah. up. <laughs> Ixnay, Ixnay on, the, on the abortion A. Yeah. No, I I, I think that's uh, – yeah. And we can't let I, them do it. Right. So, uh, so you've, got, you've got – Wear uh, it. You've got, Wear it. Yeah, own it. Wear it. <laughs> Wrap it around your well, neck. But, John Duarte but, of California who said – well, the American people are speaking very clearly. There's no appetite for a national abortion law. And uh, Representative Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania said, uh, the rare pushback from members who represent the political middle of the Republican conference. Uh, now, that was the New York Times. Uh, but uh, he does But Fitzpatrick said, I don't want abortion anywhere near any funding bills. Well, where I'm starting to have problems is that the the mega crowd, if you talk to them, the the government is always overreaching. They're reaching into my pocket. They're telling me that I have to drive an electric car. That damn government is telling me what I have to do all the time, and that's not the function of government. And yet it's that same party that is trying very hard to tell people what they're going to do with their bodies. And, and that just seems like a, a cognitive dissonance there that I have a hard time trying to figure out how the the party of shrink the government till you can drown it in a bathtub is attempting to tell people how, what, when, why, and where they can engage in sexual activity and legislate the results of that sexual activity. It just doesn't match. But it extends beyond sex. Do you remember at the height of the pandemic, Roger, when Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick told elderly Texans that they should be willing to die for Texas's economy? Yeah, and Ron DeSantis did everything in his power to kill off the elderly. Um, oh, uh, which well, is really a, there's dumb a, to do in a in a state that's major in, major elderly. Yeah, in God's waiting room. Yeah, but. There's a larger point here. That's the government telling you what to do. In, in this case, elderly Texans, that's the government telling them what to do with their bodies, and nobody's pregnant. Yeah, I, I mean, it, yeah, it goes. This is a, I, this I is agree. A re- it's well the, beyond yeah. 
This Pregnancy. is yeah, well, this, well this is a really nasty slope that they want to go down. Like I said, uh, Joy in Ann Arbor has been hammering on this for a couple of years now. What happens when they can compel you to give a bone marrow transplant? What happens when they can compel you to give up a kidney? Because uh, there were actually Supreme Court cases about it saying, no, you can't. Uh, it had to do with a kidney. But that's kind of out the window with with, with the uh, with the uh, with the essential philosophy behind Dobbs. Along the lines with what Roger's saying, I think what this what begins to become clear is think about what you're, the the issues you're talking about, Roger. These are issues of class. We don't we 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 want to we want the government out of our money, but we want the government into your your personal moral decisions and issues of sex, and I, I think that is grounded in class. Maybe I'm crazy as I sit here wearing my red sweater, um, but that's how I see that. I, Otherwise, like you say, Roger, there's there's that cognitive dissonance. You want to say yes, but you want them out here. You're saying you want them out of here, but you want them in there. That doesn't make sense. Other than, I don't know. And you know something else, Robin? We need to we need to put around the necks of every single Republican. You voted for Mullah Mike, okay? You and th- th- that's all of them. Yeah, every last one. Every last one. So you might think you, you might want to tell me you're moderate, but hey, you voted for the guy who's monitoring his son's porn, okay? And by the way, I have an update on that, courtesy of Micah. Uh, she dropped me in there a little bit ago and said uh, the app is called Covenant Eyes. Okay, first of all, that's creepy AF, right? Remember the eyes from Handmaid's Tale? Yes. Damn. There's a company out here in Michigan who runs it. I don't know a whole lot of details on it. From what I understand, they're kind of a shady organization. It basically takes random screenshots and analyzes them with AI to determine if there's something prohibited on the screen. Micah adds, because, you know, that's going to be something that the House fucking speaker wants on their phone and all of their other devices. And echoing something I said uh, and she said it before I did. Also, hundred bucks says the kid has a burner phone. <laughs> no, that seventeen-year-old is more internet savvy than Mullah Mike by orders of astronomical magnitude. And then Matt in San Francisco says Republicans, guys like Mike Johnson, have been obsessed with what I do with my Johnson since the 1980s. I agree with Gabby Johnson. I'm sorry that, uh, wait a minute, this calls for a clip. Uh, God, I'm so ashamed. Did you, did you hear the interview on that, Robin? Uh, no, but do please, Jeff or Jerry. He uh, was talking about the app with his, his, you know, 17-year-old son, and he said, cross-references what I watch and what he watches. He has a blemish-free record. He said, but last week I got a notification on my phone, and it's blurred out in case it was offensive. So I had 
had to unblur to check out what it was, and it was two teachers in a classroom. Two women teachers. That, two women teacher in a classroom are blurred out. Now, I will bet dollars to donuts when this is all said and done, you're going to find out he's ex-gay. I will bet money on this right now. Who, Mama or Mike? claims to be. Yes, oh, 100%. No, I, I, no, I, don't, I, don't think he, I don't think he's ex. I think he's... I think he's so deep in the damn closet he's riding and lying through Narnia. I know, but he's going to call himself ex-gay to save face, but that's what he is. I guarantee there's something wrong in this story that we don't know about. We're going to find out. It's horrendous. Like Keith Oberman said a couple times this week, his closets have doors that lead them multiple closets. More closets, right. Right, exactly. I like I like the lying through Narnia line better, but uh, <laughs> but Keith Oberman's right. Uh, I, I have the clip handy. Stand by. Sheriff murdered, crops burned, stores looted, people stampeded, and cattle raped. Now the time has come to act, and act fast. I'm leaving. Do you get back here, you pass? Can I say to winter? There's no way that nobody's gonna leave this town. Hell, I was born here, and I was raised here, and that coming, I'm gonna die here. And no sidewinding, bushwhacking, horn swoggling, crocker crocker is gonna roll my pistol cutter. Now, who can argue with that? I think we're all indebted to Gabby Johnson for clearly stating what needed to be said. I'm particularly glad that these lovely children were here today to hear that speech. Not only was it authentic frontier gibberish, it expressed a courage little seen in this day and age. Oh, we didn't get to the part with I, re- I agree with Gabby Johnson, I agree with Howard Johnson. Doc on it, but uh, yeah, uh, Matt of course is right, and Brother Deacon Asa said uh, uh, Matt in San Francisco fleshed this out for us on day one. Mullah Mike is gayer than three coats of latex paint. Not that there's anything wrong with that. There it is. Let's see if we can get it. Yeah. There's because every because you know they're in. Uh, oh God, what was the name of the town? Um, they're all named Johnson. Probably some of them, Mulla Mike's ancestors. Well, we didn't give up then, and by gum. We're not going to give up now. Rabbit. Rabbit. Olson Johnson is right. What kind of people are we anyhow? I say we stay and fight it out. Rabbit. Dr. Samuel Johnson's right about Olson Johnson's being right. And I'm not giving up my ice cream parlor that I built with these two hands for nothing or nobody. 
Howard Johnson is right. Thank you, Van. Van Johnson. Thank you, Van. Uh, Matt adds, uh, Mullah Mike's wife is a Christian counselor and has ties to Exodus, the gay conversion outfit. Yep, absolutely. These people are freaks, and he's going to go and talk to some, I mean, again, I, going back to the filler roster, he's, he's on a plane to go talk to Nazis right now in Paris. Oh, boy. That's fucked up. Sorry, but that's and and even as we speak, Christy Nome and Corey Corey Lewandowski may be strolling along the Champs Elysees. Champs Elysees. Or doing God knows what. Because remember, uh Biblical one man and one woe man Christian marriage, Christy Nome. Uh, well, her one godly husband moved out of the governor's mansion a couple of years ago. Speaking of the orange turd, are we ever going to see this man come to justice? Sure. Just takes time. Uh, it seems like he keeps winning all these court cases. What? Which court case? doesn't want a goddamn thing. Hasn't won any court cases. He never wins court cases. He settles or loses. <clears throat> in fact, his his uh, bought and paid for judge down there in Florida denied a motion to extend the uh, trial past May. Yeah, I'm wow. still that. looking at March 24th, I believe. Yep. Yep. Didn't he win the one court case against Stormy Daniels? No. no. Oh, he didn't win that one? I thought no. he did. No. no, 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 no. That's still pending. Hey, everybody. So, Happy I think Friday. Hey, Christopher. Is done. E. e. Jean Carroll is the one that's going to nail him uh, monetarily yeah. as well. Well, E. Jean Carroll yeah. already nailed him monetarily. But she's... Got, she after after, after the first again. judgment, he went out and defamed her again. And she brought it back to the judge, and the judge said, yeah, he defamed you again. We're going to have to get back together and figure out how much more money he's going to have to pay you. And once again, it'll be uh, – it, it, uh, and again, this is this is one of those fun legal terms. But uh, the Judge Kaplan in the U.S. District Court in that case already found that the liability – just like in the, in, the, in the fraud case in uh, New York court <laughs> – the liability case. that is mute. The liability case is done. So in this new uh, this new round of damages, it's already been proven what he did to Eugene Carroll, and they're just and, and they're just going to write another check. Well, and, he may have deep pockets, but they ain't that deep. No, and they're not deep pockets. I don't. Th- I think the guy's broke, and I think he's been broke for a long time. Oh, he's bro- he's he's broker in the Ten Commandments. Poor as Job's turkey. Thanksgiving reference, y'all. He's losing Mar-a-Lago. He, he, <laughs> he can he, fucking he, have it. Squeaky, he very much could. 
And he's so oh, stupid yeah. he keeps arguing that it's worth nearly a billion dollars. And the and the assessor down in Palm Beach County is going, oh really? <laughs> that's about that's about nine hundred and eighty two million dollars less than we taxed you for, dipshit. Yeah, <laughs> he goes saying that shit. He doesn't realize he just put his foot in the ground, or foot in his mouth. Sorry, foot in his mouth. Yeah, he uh, he he may he may have to go and live it uh, in you know the warmest place in Russia is like Sochi. He may have to go yeah. live there. Well, Robin, let me ask you a question here. If he testified under oath that Mar-a-Lago was worth, I'm going to pick some numbers, a billion dollars, but he declared to the property tax people down in Florida it was worth $100 million. If the tax people reassess it at a billion dollars, does he have any way of attempting to argue that assessment when he testified to the billion-dollar number in a court when he was under oath? He's kind of screwed. Because no. to me, if he were to argue that it's not worth, that it shouldn't be assessed at a billion dollars, he either is lying to the tax assessor or he committed perjury in the trial where he said it was worth a billion dollars. But let me explain how that how the, the, that works. And I'm, I'm a little surprised at this. I haven't seen this in the news. There are, there are two valuations for every piece of property. You have the valuation for tax purposes, and then you have market value. Fair and market not value. The, yeah, yeah, and they're not the same, and they're often quite different. The tax, the tax valuation is often is most often a percent, a, an under percentage of the fair market value. Yes, because the fair market value it it fair market value is it it can be I mean it fluctuates. That is very state dependent. But I can guarantee you in Florida because and the other thing too is Florida has all those they have the homestead exemption laws that could that could also very well weigh in here. you know what? I don't care how they fucking get him. Just well, get him. yeah, but, but Steve, you, you're you're touching upon a larger issue here that has actually been tickling my little brain, and it's kind of like, uh, and it may well wind up being because God knows he's been down this path before. It may wind up being like a bankruptcy. You know, the disgorgement suit may wind up being two hundred and fifty million, or it may be a billion, depending on what the numbers add up to and how badly he screwed himself and been screwed by. Folks like counsel for the parking garage. And if that's the case, you got the state of New York, who I presume will have uh, pride of place, as it were, in the lineup. You got the state of New York, who's going to say, well, he owes us this much. And you got E. Jean Carroll, who's going to say, oh, wait, hold on. He owes me this much. And as we've discussed with the uh, RICO charge in Georgia, you may have Georgia saying, "Oh, hold on. This is, you know, this is this is a this is a serious this is a serious crime, and we're going to go and seize his assets." This gets really complicated, really quickly. Am I wrong, Steve?
you've got competing claims from competing states. Probably New York, uh, you know, uh, E. Jean Carroll, by virtue of having been resolved first, is probably further through the appellate process. And so that first judgment will be finalized first. Probably then the state of New York, then E. Jean Carroll's second judgment. And he may, as we say around here, not have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of by the time he gets finished being a rapid, unplanned, catastrophically disassembled in Georgia. Sounds like to me he is beyond royal, royally fucked. Well, if he, yeah, if he, yeah. I mean, the look, Ben, the liability is already, and, and it's important that people comprehend this, liability. In other words, and this is one of the first things you learn, first year of law school, all liability is based on fault. So what that means is, yeah, let's take just a red car, blue car, rear-ender. Red car, rear-ends, blue car, and says, but I didn't mean to. Doesn't matter. Liability is not based upon intent. It is based upon fault. Yep. In, in other words, don't care whether you intended to or not. You did, did it. it. You're at fault. Exactly. Because rear-enders are real easy. Well, all liability is based on fault, and therefore the liability having already been established in the fraud trial in New York, and it's going gonna, it's gonna with, to withstand uh, appellate uh, scrutiny. I mean, I feel fairly comfortable saying that. Well, that, 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 that being the case... What it means is he's going to, well, if he was as rich as he says he is, he would be writing a check. Exactly. I but, don't think but, he's got the money he but claims he, he has. But he, he isn't. So what he happens. He's as broke as I am black. What was that? I said he's as broke as I am black. And I'm pretty damn black. <laughs> hey, Tracy. Hey, hey Tracy. Hey, Tracy. Hey. You know, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm just thinking, you, now you. Again, we have people and we got common sense and we think critical, we have critical thinking skills and most of all logic. And yet, with all this stuff you're saying, Robin, he's still the fucking front runner for the nominee for president of the United States in the 2024 election. Yeah, but Tracy, honey, that's on, that's on the stupid people. I know that's on the stupid people, but those stupid people, it's just those are the, those stupid people are the ones that live in these swing states and and the gerrymandering uh -huh. states and the and the uh, Arizona those, and and the states that keep people who look like me vote from voting because of voter suppression. So you know, I I I mean, we did it in 2020, and hopefully we'll do it again in 2024. But Jesus, motherfucking Christ, I swear on Jesus, sweet black baby Jesus, I am so tired. Of these stupid fools that are, you know, this small majority of motherfuckers that are fucking up our country. Hey, it, yeah, just, yeah it, it's weird. It's wearisome. But uh, just to sort of go back to what I was saying is 
he is as broke as you are black. Mm-hmm. And that means, like I said, I'm pretty fucking black. And and that and that means when <laughs> that means when this judgment is rendered against him and goes through the appellate process and gets upheld and doesn't go to the Supreme Court because it can't go to the Supreme Court unless it goes to the the the, the court of final appeals in the state of New York. And if there's nothing to get it into there. He loses at the Intermediate Court of Appeals. And I know that some of this just sounds like verbal oatmeal, but it matters. Then his ass now goes into receivership. <laughs> and I've got a general under, you know, if you don't pay your property taxes in the state of West Virginia, they will auction your house off on the steps of the courthouse. I imagine there's something similar, chime in, Steve, in the state of New York. There will literally be what we call down here a sheriff's sale of 40 Wall Street and Trump Tower. And Stupid golf courses. Not the one in New Jersey. Can't touch that one, right? I don't. Uh, well, it depends on where it's incorporated. Well, no, isn't that oh. where um, Ivanka? Uh, yeah, Trump. Ivana. Isn't that's where she's Ivana. Buried? Yeah, the, Ivana Trump yep. is buried. So <laughs> here, here lies Ivana Trump on the ninth, on ninth hole. Oh my fucking god! Yeah, and that, and that's a I question. Mean, you know, if you. And this is a golf question. If your ball lands oh, shit. on Ivana's <laughs> grave, <laughs> under local, uh, there are things called local rules, and under local rules, are you OB? Out of bounds. In which case, you have to take a drop and a stroke. <laughs> she already took a drop and a stroke, though. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad you were there for that, Christopher. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. <laughs> well, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I'm a pretty good straight girl. <laughs> Best as I can. Uh, and and oh. uh, Matt, pointing, I'm gonna hit it off the headstone. Yeah. <laughs> now you got to take a drop and a stroke, <laughs> just like Ivana. Uh, but the, but oh. and or I don't know. They could take white spray paint and, and 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 spray paint her, and she could be a drop zone. She already got dropped yeah. once. <laughs> oh, now who does she get dropped for? Well, no, she was at the top of the stairs, and then she was at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah, she oh. fell down the stairs, just like people her in Russia coffee. fall but, out of the window. But. It wasn't the story that her coffee cup was already on the on the on the bottom stair post? Where's Columbo when you need him? I'm telling you. I mean, and and I I don't know. Uh, Nitwit Nero standing in front of her and saying, "Ola, look, a 1929 Indian head nickel," and getting on his knees and 
Nitwit Jr. behind him. Whoops. <laughs> Were the cameras on? Where's Walt now to make sure the cameras didn't get that? But th- things things could get really bad for him really quickly. And it's kind of like it's kind of like what Roger was talking about earlier with the with the reproduction and uh, multiplication of bacteria bacteria spores. Um, yes, you know, two okay. becomes four, four becomes eight, eight becomes sixteen, <laughs> sixteen becomes thirty two, thirty two becomes sixty four, sixty four becomes one twenty eight, twenty twenty eight, one twenty eight becomes two fifty six, two fifty six becomes five twelve. Five twelve because Eugene Carroll, Eugene Carroll has enough money to buy uh, Twitter or X, whatever the fuck you call it. Not to go off topic here, Robin, but I got a question for for you for a minute. Did anybody here ever watch that movie, The Comey Rule? I did not. I don't think I did. No, it was really good. It's on Netflix now. If you didn't get to see it when it was originally on Showtime, but um, the guy that they had in that that played Trump. So fucking scary that the guy almost sounded identical to him. And I can't remember the actor's name, but the actor says now he, he fucking regrets doing that because he said it spooks the shit out of him now. Every time he talks, he's like, oh, shit, is that Trump? <laughs> well, I got another note from Matt in San Francisco. Emily Johnson in Paris. Uh, Robin, not to throw a wet blanket on the frivolity. It doesn't work out great for folks like you and me when the Nazis get to organizing. Just saying. Never again. Yeah, exactly. It would be nice if people could could remember, be bothered to remember who the first targets of uh, the German roundups were. I mention it from time to time, but it's hard to get others to take notice of that. Yeah, that's why we have to. That's 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 why we have to fight them at every turn. I mean, and to a certain extent, making light of them. Uh, I go back. I remember an interview that Terry Gross on Fresh Air had with Mel Brooks, and he was talking about doing the producers, and he talked about how how much he loathed and detested and despised Nazis, and he said, "I came to the conclusion that the best way to deal with it was to make fun of them." Uh-huh. Uh, and 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 there's a tradition of that, you know. There's that line. I remember Darlene bringing it up one time. Uh, 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 John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd talking in the Blues Brothers. I hate Illinois Nazis. Uh huh. And that, was it Groucho Marx or or um, Charlie Chaplin that made Charlie fun Chaplin? Of them? Yeah. The dictator. Uh huh. Right. And, and and Henry Gibson and the other Nazi as the car is plunging to their doom. Looking at each other and I love you. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, and the th- the thing is, if you uh, oh, what is the name of the documentary? Uh, there is a documentary. You can watch it on Netflix. It's brilliant. Um, And I'm trying to remember the name. Looking for it now. Uh, 
I'll just take a second. We're already past seconds. Uh, El Dorado. El Dorado is the name of the documentary. I highly recommend it to anybody who actually wants to know this history. It's 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 Nazi history. It's the history of a uh, it's the history of a genocide, the origins of a genocide, and the El Dorado was actually um, a rather famous club in the wide open and accepting Berlin of the 1920s and early 1930s. And none other than uh, Ernst Röhm, the head of the Sturmabteilung, would go there and hang out and romance and sweet talk um, cute little twinks. Right and, 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 and trans girls. This is the this is the head of the brown shirts. And this is this is the same people, and and you know it would wind up leading to Ernst Ernst uh, Rome's demise on the last day of June, nineteen thirty-four. And he was, was that a crystal knock. No, no, that's uh, th- this was the night of the long knives. Oh yes, 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 yes. And they came and they they rubbed out the leadership of the Sturm of Teilung. Because Ernst Röhm had his eyes set on taking complete control of the entire Nazi security state, and uh, uh, Himmler convinced Hitler that in, or, in uh, for the sake of the image of the of the Reich, that uh, deviants had to be purged from the party. But this is, I mean, I, oh, it's, it's deep, it's detailed. Um, if anyone has ever seen, and oh my God, what a great series! It's a mystery. It's it, it, um, Babylon, Babylon Berlin. It's um, German with English subtitles. Also on Netflix, I hope still. Fantastic series that covers that same time period. Hmm. And. And, and and I I mention this because, you know, you've got you've got Nazis carousing in Paris this weekend, talking about their plans for the final solution for the for everybody who's not them. And at the same huh. time, uh, I guarantee you they will be doing the filthiest things possible uh, in 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 the human imagination. Is, was, is Orban going there too? Uh, I think it's Orban's kid is going to be there. Oh, oh. Christy Nome is going to be there with her uh, main squeeze, Corey Lewandowski, the speaker, <laughs> uh, the speaker of the House. Christopher is addressing this group tomorrow in Paris as a keynoter, a headliner. And like I said at the beginning of the program, it'll be a little miracle if they're not within the first 15 minutes, if they're not singing the horse vessel lead and, and goose stepping around the room and giving the salute. And Brother Deacon Asa, if you're still listening, because he posts it every now and then just for the just for the uh, reminiscent value, uh, the story of the uh, Hungarian diplomat 
who had to jump out of a, what was it, Paris? Jump out of a window in Paris when it was raided because there was a big old orgy going on? <laughs> Ooh. And, of course, Victor Orban... Uh, is 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 one is is quite possibly behind yeah you know, I mean behind people like uh, Putin, the biggest homophobe and transphobe in Europe. Uh-huh. Well, Duda's Duda's in the in the photo. Uh, yeah, of course he's being. Uh, well, he's uh, gone now. Yeah, he's gone. What about the the crazy Italian lady? I'm not sure, uh, uh, Maloney. Uh, I'm not sure if she's going to be there, but uh, uh, what's her name, Marine Le Pen? Oh Jesus! She bailed out. Oh, she did. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, but be forewarned. Warned, if you do watch uh, El Dorado, it'll break your heart. It will absolutely break your heart because, at the same at the same time that you know they they because see there were registries because the Germans were uh, even in Weimar Germany they've always been meticulous record keepers and so there was a registry of uh, gay and trans people and when the Nazis came to power they took the registry that people had entered into with, with uh, good faith and promises of you know. This is for your protection, and it was just a list of who's going to get uh, rounded up. Yeah. And uh, to take it a little uh, one step further, the El Dorado is the basis for the cabaret in the musical Cabaret. Oh, yeah. And I tell you what, just uh, strictly a matter of trivia and impossible, but for those of you who are watching the reboot of Quantum Leap, there is a brilliant and beautiful uh, non-binary actor named Mason Alexander Park who plays the, the, the really nerdy computer person. And they won on Broadway a Helen Hayes Award for their portrayal of the MC that was played by, what, uh, Joel Gray? Was it Joel Gray? Uh, in uh, the movie version of Cabaret, and I think on Broadway as well. Um, and of course, it, <coughs> the uh, the Institute for Sexual Studies that was run by a man named uh, Magnus Hirschfeld, he set up as a safe space for the queer community. And those were the records that are and, and the books that are being burned in those earliest images of the Nazis burning books. And so when I sit here and try to scream from the rooftops, and as Matt alluded to, that when the Nazis get frisky, they always start with the most marginalized group they can find. The lowest numbers, the smallest population, and in the case of the rise of uh, German, uh, the German Nazis in, in, the late, in the early 30s, that was the LGBTQ community and 
people who were differently abled. And the rest of the and, and the rest of Germany said, eh, ho hum. We didn't like them anyway. That's the start of the poem. And uh, yeah, and that, Remember, yeah, right, yeah. The only thing is, Niemöller used socialists and trade unionists, and and he didn't even touch the absolute beginning of it. And Magnus Hirschfeld visited the El Dorado, probably at the same time that Ernst Röhm was. So when I, you know, when I when I make sport of uh, Christy Nome and uh, Corey Lewandowski uh, tripping the light fanastic down the Champs Elysees, yeah, I'm I'm having fun, but at the same time. There was uh, there were some gay old times going on in uh, early Nazi Germany too. And of course the also in 1933 the minute they took power the Nazis burned down Magnus Hirschfeld's Institute for Sexual Studies. Uh-huh. So it's sobering. Oh, by the way, the uh, yeah, the Hungarian member of the European Parliament. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Uh, named Josef Sajer, Sajer, and he was a high-ranking high member of Orban's Fidesz party. Jumped out of a window, carrying drugs out of the house party orgy that was taking place during lockdown during COVID. Damn. Police were alerted by neighbors who complained about noise and potential lockdown breaches in an apartment located on uh, Rue de Pierre. In, oh, it wasn't Paris. It was uh, Brussels. So the cops showed up, found 20 people, two of whom invoked diplomatic immunity, most of the people present were men, and um, some of them were in a state of undress known here in Appalachia as naked, <laughs> which is different from naked, naked being the state of not having any clothing on, naked being not having any clothing on and being up to something. And this this good, upstanding believer in... Uh, Christian family values, Joseph Shire, uh, had narcotics in his backpack. As you do. As one does. Yes, Christopher. It's just like, uh, what was his name? Ralph Shorty in Oklahoma. I got I got one word for their side. You want to know what it is? Uh, hypocrites? Criminals? Yep. Hypocrites. Exactly what I was going to say. They are a bunch of hypocrites. Sure. Uh They think they're so fucking perfect and they don't do anything wrong, but they only think the left does things wrong. And, and you know, there's a reckoning coming inside the maggot party. 
remember a couple of weeks ago, Matt Gates did everything but out Jason Smith, the chair of Ways and Means. Yeah. And, and and eventually, you know, they they will they they will come for uh, Mullah Mike. Because if that guy's straight, I'm Randolph Scott. <laughs> We're him and Marcus in the same room together. <coughs> Man. So that was a bit of a diversion, but um, if, if you – yeah, uh, El Dorado is a hell of a thing to watch. Might have to rewatch it. My case. So is everybody feeling pretty good about Tuesday's results? I feel fantastic about Tuesday's results. Yeah, I think so. I think we got to keep what we're do- doing what we're doing and keep the press on, keep pushing, and don't let up. Yeah, that, that's we, we. There's no time for a victory lap. Nope. And uh, this is, and like Steve was saying earlier, and I was saying, take take all of this fascist obsession with fetus fondling, and wrap it around their necks so they can't get it, make it stick to them, so that they can't wash it off. And you know what? The one the one beauty of this is that this story about those members of the Biden 18 saying, shut up, shut up, anti-abortion, we would like to be free elected. God damn it, Marge. Uh, well, that's just going to piss Marge off more. And oh. she's going to shriek even louder. And so, as much as much as you and I would like to, I mean, she—I don't think she's going to be unseated in 2024. Uh, Clanny, Clanny, Granny, maybe. Oh, you, Robin, you should should see some of the stuff Marjorie Taylor has been saying on X this week. Oh, I, I have. I've been I've been reporting it on this program. Jesus Christ, she is out there. You you sound like this is a surprise to you. I mean, I knew she was out there, but I think she's really out there now, like like beyond the universe out there. Like, good, good. I think that woman's an alien. She, uh, Ben, she's a sporkfoot. I mean, really. And hey, y'all, uh, I hate to mention it, you know, it's coming. We got one hundred and fifty-five dollars to go to meet TJ's challenge. TJ was kind enough to put $250 of doubling money on the table. We got $150 of that yet to go. And I hate to hammer on it, but it's how this program survives. And I'm not jetting off to Paris this evening. I'm jetting off to, well, I'm, I'm, I'm walking from here into the bedroom, turning on Netflix and watching a movie until I fall asleep. But it would be great if we could knock down that 155 bucks. Oh, and Christopher, I wanted to ask you a question because uh, wait, 
question coming in from Jimmy in the Great Northwest. Subject line, orgy. Who goes to an orgy with a backpack of drugs? <laughs> Wait, what? I thought that's standard fare. That's like I was going to say, Matt, required. Matt in San Francisco, you want to chime in on this? I mean, you, this might be expert testimony here. Uh, I mean, I think the answer to that, Jimmy, is everybody? Mm-hmm. I mean, the little uh, the, the 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 little bottles of poppers alone were probably tinkling merry merrily in the bottom of the bag. Uh. And uh, George yeah, say, uh, George out yeah, in uh, George out in Corsgold, subject line sexual studies says I think I heard on NPR that some Christians want to shut down the Kinsey Institute at Indiana University. Well. The, the 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 apple falleth not far from the tree, of course they do, because I'm sure good God fearing upstanding Bible believing Christ centered evangelical fundamentalist homosexual Christian Republicans don't want anybody knowing nothing about sex, because you know they're Christians, they're only supposed to do that if you want a kid, and you're not supposed to enjoy it either. It's supposed to be all gross and icky, and you do it with the lights off. Missionary only. Yes. Yeah. Or, I don't know, preferably maybe a turkey baster or something. Oh, God. You know what gets me about Thanksgiving's that, Thanksgiving's coming up. Thanks. You ruined my Thanksgiving. Uh, sorry. Okay. You, know, you, know, you know what gets me about that, about the right and that thing right there you just said? What? I'll talk about. Yeah, you know, the Republicans, if they had their way, there would be no pornography in the United States. I'm not online. Yeah, what gets me about that is ninety percent of porn stars are Republican. Well, I can. And uh, the highest usage are 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 in Utah, correct? Utah and Alabama, y'all. There you go. I mean, okay, if you guys know that the Republicans want to shut your industry down, but yet you vote for them, that's kind of stupid. Yeah, but the, I don't. That's also uh, unless, what Republicans un, do. Unless they, ben, right? unless they revisit Potter Stewart saying, "I don't know what obscenity is, but I can tell you when I see it," on the Supreme Court, the the, the First Amendment simply will not tolerate the abolition of pornography. I mean, this has been around for a while. I remember when Ed Meese, and you know that dude was a freak, uh, was was babbling on about it, or you know, Nancy Reagan going on and on about it when anybody who's read Kitty Kelly's bio, Reagan knows what the Hollywood skinny was on Nancy in mm-hmm. in, in, in the olden days. Try not to be too graphic about it. Thank you, Kevin, in Massachusetts. Thank you so much. You got us down to $55, my friend. That's profoundly important. I cannot thank you enough. So there's fifty. Are you saying that when uh, when people would see Nancy Nancy coming around, uh, they'd say, "There she blows." You just had to, didn't you? Of course. Uh, Best in Hollywood was the way it was reported. She was a starlet. And this sounds like this sounds like sex shaming, and 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 I'm. I know. But but it's it's, it's not so it's not you know it, it enjoy what you enjoy. Do so in do so with consent on the part of one and all. 
but for the love of Christ, don't be a hypocrite about it. You remember how quickly they got they got rid of uh, uh, Maddie Cawthorn, you know, one-term Maddie Cawthorn in the House of Representatives? They got rid of him because he went on a podcast and said, yeah, some people I really respected, elders in the Republican Party have invited me to do cocaine at orgies. He's probably telling the truth. And that cute little black lace bra he wore on the cruise was just darling. <laughs> and what he was doing with his cousin and the noises he was making with, I mean, you you could, you, that's straight out of National Geographic. <laughs> you and me ain't nothing but animals. <laughs> Let's do it like they do it on the Discovery Channel. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you, Jimmy. Jimmy says, uh, uh, the horn tonight, great show. I caught the last hour. Cowbell, from what I heard. Thank you. That's not often that the entire program gets a cowbell. That may be a first. You know who I'm surprised ain't showed up yet? Maybe he's too busy tonight. Rudevo. Well, I, have, I haven't, we have, uh, John hasn't popped by in forever. Yeah, I think last time I heard his voice was three weeks ago or four weeks ago. Yeah, I think it was every bit of a month. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Colin, so much. TJ's challenge is 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 finished is is met. So that means we are down to uh, we are down to seven fifty to go to finish the week and get current up to. My goodness gracious, we're approaching the middle of the month, and I have not mentioned it yet. Thank you again, Colin. Uh, but uh, to all who served. Uh, a very happy Veterans Day to you, and uh, a reflective and 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 I hope, um, well, the appreciation of a nation. All gave some, some gave all, and I can't help but think about the origin. And I always mention it: the origin of Veterans Day as Armistice Day, Memorial Day, actually predates that. Um, but Armistice Day, the 11th, the 11th, at the, in the, at the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, the war to, to end all wars came to an end. And we changed it to Veterans Day because we kept on having wars to end all wars. Yeah, they got quickly started on precipitating the next one. And, and there was some, you know, heart-rending poetry that came out of the First World War. Out of the Second World War came some of the most brilliant literature produced in the English language. And the intervening period between the two, you know, the, all, all that brilliant Hemingway stuff, you know, uh, and Gertrude Stein saying, you are all a lost generation. I wonder. I wonder if uh, Corey, uh, Corey and Christie are going to visit uh, Shakespeare and Company Books, or maybe Olympia Press. <sighs> Olympia Press was famous for the pornographic content they published. Seems like a natural place for Corey and Christie to go. Uh, Matt, uh, bringing the uh, expert testimony. Hate to say it. But guys named Matt are usually freaks. Matt Schlapp, 
comes to mind. <laughs> and adds, and oh, by and and adds, oh, and only one guy needs to bring the backpack. That was apparently uh, the uh, member of the European Parliament's job that evening. You got the backpack? Oh yeah. Don't forget the poppers. Mm-hmm. Of course not. Hey, Christopher, I got a question for you. Because mm-hmm. we're, we're gonna we're gonna go from orgies to food porn. Okay. Um, I saw one of my friends on Instagram post a picture of an unwrapped hot dog, and you could clearly read on the wrapping paper Portillos. Portillos. Is it Portillos? There I go again. It's per- Portillos. Yeah. Um, it's it's one of the best places. It was my first. I got my rental car. And I went directly to Portillo's. I didn't stop. I, I didn't pass go. I didn't collect $200. That was my first direct stop upon landing. Classic Chicago dog. The dogs are great. They're famous for their chocolate cake, even more than Marlardas, believe it or not. Chocolate cake? Chocolate, chocolate cake. And they have a chocolate cake shake. That's pretty legendary. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Well, I was, surprised to find I, was surprised, I was surprised to find out that there is a Portillo's in Phoenix. Yes. They are – supposedly they are trying to go nationwide. Uh, come, come, come east, young hot dog purveyor. Come east. Yeah. I mean people in West Virginia eat hot dogs, right? Oh, Jesus. We're, we're, we're over the moon for hot dogs. I, I made a batch of classic West Virginia hot dog sauce uh, yesterday. Hot dog sauce? What's yeah, in it, that? Well, uh, the rest of the world would call it chili, but it isn't. Um, and no, for, for people in the, Buc- in, in, in the southern portion of the Buckeye State, it doesn't <laughs> have any fucking cinnamon in it or allspice. No, or chocolate. No. No. Uh, no cocoa, cocoa. No, no. Uh, but it's 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 tangy and it's sweet and you know it's. I use uh, uh, for like a one pound package of ground beef. I use uh, one half of a big green bell pepper minced fine, one jalapeno minced fine, one small onion minced fine, and there's a. Uh, uh, I read a trick for making either chili with ground beef or, in this case, hot dog sauce. Instead of browning the ground beef in the skillet, boil it first. Oh. Because then it gets super fine and crumbly. Yeah. And it's much easier. You do lose some of the flavor, don't you? Ah, not really. You lose fat. water? You lose fat. No. I mean, this is really flavorful, and you work those together, and... Uh, it's got Heinz chili sauce in it and tomato paste and garlic and uh, onion powder and hot sauce and Worcestershire. Who you know, Worcestershire does not go in in, in chili. No. And so uh, a that cla- sounds amazing. A classic West Virginia dog has mustard, sometimes cheese. Uh, a, a good dog. And the chili so- uh, the the hot dog sauce, and coleslaw. Coleslaw. Yeah. It's messy. It's messy, but damn, it's good. Oh, that sounds really good. And as Tony Bourdain used to say, I love I love all meat in tube in, in tube form. 
uh, so a classic New, a New York dirty water dog with mustard and kraut only, heavenly. Crawl across ground glass for a good Chicago dog. Yes. Uh, the per, my personal favorite on planet <laughs> Earth because on like Sundays and Mondays at Dick Howell's Pit Barbecue at the corner of Sherrod Avenue and Pine uh, Pine Street in Florence, they're a dollar a piece. Uh, the uh, Dick Howell's Barbecue uh, slaw dog. It's that yellow slaw that I've waxed rhapsodic about. Um, those are those, those, I actually when it's been too long since I've been down to uh, down to Florence. I actually begin to dream about being in Florence, and, and they they become like stressful dreams because it's like I got to get to Dick Howells. I've been here for two weeks in the dream. I've been here for two weeks, and I haven't been to Dick Howells. And in some of the dreams, I go and they're closed. I mean, it's that bad. Oh. <laughs> There's Jeez. a place over here and within walking distance of me called Rotes. It's been here in Portland, well, Milwaukee, since um. 1939, and they have it's it's kind of New York-ish, I guess. They have a Coney, they do Coney Island dogs, and they have a Coney Island sauce that you can get on your fries, or you can get it on the hot dog or both. Hmm. And is Steve from New York still on? Does he know about this sauce, Coney Island sauce? Uh, looks like he's still here. He's muted. It's wonderful. It's chili-ish. Well, see, that's the same with West Virginia hot dog sauce. Yeah. It's not chili, but it's chili-ish. It's chili-adjacent. Yes. Just like that asshole, um, who's the New York congressman that keeps yeah, lying? Yeah, Santos, What's who's it? Jew-ish. Yeah, he's Jew-ish. Right. Oh, that, sound, that, sound, that, that, that sounds yummy. Um, oh, they're they're great. And the other, that's a great the, go-to the, for lunch. Oh, and I failed to mention the one thing you really, really want on a West Virginia dog. You want to put it on a split-top bun, sometimes referred to as an English bun. Do you guys? Sorry to get off topic here, Rob. But do you guys remember a couple weeks ago when um, there was a protest at at the Capitol because of what was going on in Israel? Yeah. Yeah, and you uh -huh. know what they're saying? They're the the, the right saying. Now that's an insurrection. Oh that's yeah, Mar yeah, Marge, Marge tried, Marge tried that shit. Insurrectionists. Uh, yeah, that was that was that that was um, organized by Jewish Voice for Peace. Yeah, and that was a peaceful protest. There was nothing insurrection about that. What they did on January sixteenth, that was a fucking insurrection. That's a terrorist attack. Oh, wait, 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 yeah, a minute. wait, wait a minute. I got, I got, I got a cow, I got a cowbell here, and that goes to Darlene in Connecticut. Nah, I think Corey Lewandowski and Christy uh, Nome are going to catch a performance of uh, Beetlejuice at a <laughs> local theater in Paris. Yeah, yeah. She, she got she got lessons from the pummeling princess. But I don't I don't think uh, I don't think they allow you to vape weed in theaters in Paris now, do they? Yeah, maybe. Actually, you could just smoke. Really? Legally? I'm I'm joking, but I uh, the French are known for being the uh, oh yeah well yeah sit, yeah yeah sit, sitting around honking on this godforsaken uh, guitar. Yes. Don't you dare take my death sticks away. 
Oh, and uh, Jimmy added with a message, fantastic time today. Always listening. Keep on keeping on. Stay real. We're trying, Jimmy. We're trying. And and, and thank you to Dave and the Blind uh, with a message. Fuck all Nazis, especially American ones in Paris. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Gershwin had Nazis in mind when he wrote an American in Paris. No, um, that was Gershwin, wasn't it? Yeah, fuck all Nazis, especially the ones in Paris, American ones in Paris. Um, I don't know. Maybe Corey and Christie will take a little walk through the uh, Arc de Triomphe. Yeah, mm-hmm. Nazi, Nazis marching into Paris. Huh? Uh, but thank you, Dave. That gets us down to uh, $725 to finish the week. That means today and yesterday and $125 of Wednesday is unfunded. That's tremendous. And, again, thank you so much to TJ. TJ, I cannot thank you enough. Um, Speaking of Paris, I wonder how the um, Notre Dame – uh, renovation is going along. Uh, actually, it's be a long time, right? Uh, it's going. It's going rather amazingly. Uh, I heard somewhere that a uh, some sort of an artisan, an American artisan, had been recruited to come in because he had the skill set to replicate some aspect of the decorative arts of uh, uh, the cathedral. And of course, remember. Nitwit Nero wanted to fly over with, you know, those planes they use to put out forest fires and, like, they could pick up water out of, like, the ocean and, like, fly out of the it. toilet? <laughs> water from the toilet. <laughs> and, good call, Christopher. And, 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 like, fly over and dump the water on and just put, just put, just put the fire out. Now, never mind that that would have resulted in a massive explosion. <laughs> this is after, this just is, like Duke in the hurricane. Right. This is after all. This is after all the very stable genius who wanted to nuke a hurricane. You don't drop water directly on a fire like that, especially salt water. It will kaboom. Salt water. <laughs> Regular water probably wouldn't do anything to it, but salt water would definitely, yeah, cause more of a fire. Well, if you throw, look, if you throw water on something that is incredibly hot, like stone. Oh, yeah. The stone blows up. Salt or fresh. Uh, I I, uh, I remember a class in archaeology eons ago, where you know our team excavated this fire pit and fire ring, and our professor was a genius. And she had she had these were all salted pits. They were it was a laboratory, and we were supposed to draw conclusions. And one and and the fire ring was like stone, but then when you excavated the stone on top, uh, the stones from the top, you find that the stones lower down are cracked and crumbled. And that's because they were using a stone that was too prone to being catastrophically rapidly disassembled uh, when water got thrown on them. Oh, uh, uh, Brendan, 
Coney Island sauce. Brendan says, uh, I've been to the hot dog joint Rourke's many times. The sauce is, as you said, chili-ish, not really chili. Very tasty. And there's always a uh, there's always a uh, conjunction after. Very tasty. But I'd burn half of Portland for a real New York dirty water hot dog with onion, sauerkraut, and mustard. Some things are just ele- some things are just elegant in their simplicity. Making me hungry. Uh, oh, yeah. Have you? Uh, now, I mean, I, I can't get a Vienna beef wiener around here. They just don't exist. I can order them on Amazon, but you know what would be in the store? A four dollar and fifty cent package of hot dogs is. You know, by the time Amazon gets done with it, it's a $15 pack of hot dogs. The the uh, poppy seed buns are 10. God knows the sport peppers yeah, are, are 10 or more, last I checked. And then, you know, you're kind of on your own for your mustard. And, and oh, and the arsenical green relish. Yes. What's really, what, what's really weird, Christopher, though, is... Sorry, Salt. Yeah. If you ever if you ever get down, oh, celery salt, absolutely celery salt, and the pickle spear and the tomatoes. Yes. Minced uh, onion. Mm-hmm. And if you ever get down to my old hometown, Florence, Alabama, uh, on on a little street and it's got cobblestones, it's quite charming. Uh, it's called Mobile Street, and there's a great wine bar on the other side of the street. Um, there's a uh, bar called the Wildwood Tavern, and right next to the Wildwood Tavern, a guy from Elgin, Illinois, Uh came in and set up shop, and in, of all places, Florence, Alabama, you can get yourself the real deal, a Chicago hot dog, and you can even get an Italian hot beef. Ah. Those are very hard to find. And 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 you know I had been I had been well schooled before I ever ran across him. And he said uh, he, he he asked me the secret question. You want it wet? And of course I said soak it. Yep. Did you get hot or um, hot or mild peppers or or both? Oh, hot. Okay, I get both. I like the sweet peppers too. Well, yeah, yeah, because I mean, okay, they're they're not banana peppers. No. No. But I always opt for hot. Oh, and we had—I got to tell you—we had a cultural moment here today. It's a big damn deal. In Beckley, West Virginia, at ten forty-five a.m. this morning. The first Chipotle in southern West Virginia opened. I know, everybody's like, oh, boring, Chipotle, fuck that, it's been around forever. Yeah. Mmm, big deal. Big deal. Big line. Because in Beckley, West Virginia, they will line up twice around the building for a new chain restaurant. But anybody who opens up a, a, a standalone, you know, doing like cuisine... It will wither and die on the vine in six months. Mm. But naturally, being the hillbilly girl I am, 
I had to pop in and get some Chipotle. Yeah, their their food is not bad. Yeah, I was originally prejudiced against them when uh, McDonald's owned them. Right. Oh, they sold them off? Oh, a long time ago, I think. Oh, I had no idea. I mean, it's not bad. You know, it, it, it'll do the trick. Yeah, you know, one of these days, I got, there's so many I got to get to's, you know. I got to try to eat my way through Chicago sometime. I got, you know, Tracy and I were talking about the food, you know, she, you know, and Brother Deacon Asa said yesterday, Tracy lives in a food mecca. But we, but just to, you know, finish the week on a happy note. No, I've been, um, I think I mentioned I had a flash of inspiration, had some kimchi in the fridge. Sauerkraut's good on a dog, right, Christopher? Yeah, sure. I made better, it. Uh, it's better probably on a, a bratwurst. You know, you got to go up to Wisconsin for that yeah. stuff, right? Well, I made a kim- I made a Korean kimchi dog. Ooh, it was righteous. Just mustard and kimchi, and that was it. And then yesterday, oh, uh, day before yesterday, I made Reuben dogs. Ooh. Swiss, Thousand Island, and uh, sauerkraut. Have you had, um, I guess, Reuben nachos before? Yes. Yes. It's awesome. Now, the one thing I have not had since God was a baby was a top shelf, um, you know, one of those stacked half a mile high corned beef sandwiches just with that really super thin rye bread and the corned beef and the mustard. End of story. Again, simple, elegant, anything else is gilding the lily. Sounds fantastic. Pastrami also works. We've had a lovely little conversation this evening, and I appreciate it uh, from all of you. Um, thank you, one and all. Uh, thanks, uh, th- and uh, thanks everybody in the chat in the uh, old uh, old holler tree for popping by. Um, good group this evening. Thanks for the lesson in food safety, Roger. Definitely. Uh, thank you to all of our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. I meant to tell you if uh, you know with uh, the um, that website run by derpy Batman villain and builder of uh, uh, dick rockets, Leon Scum, uh, having completely trashed that little microblogging website, I'm going to try to start posting over at Blue Sky. And I've heard of it. Uh, and so if anyone would like to follow me over there. Uh, you can find me. I haven't posted much of anything at all. But you can find me on Blue Sky at Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, Rocks, R-O-X, Robin Rocks, dot B-S-K-Y dot social. Robin Rocks, R-O-B-Y-N, R-O-X, dot B-S-K-Y dot social. And, uh, I think I think I'm going to 
well, there's a loaded term, transition away from the uh, former um, the the former little bluebird website and using uh, Blue Sky. And I probably need to do some threads too. What we need is what I need is a social media manager, you know, to get me in trouble by posting things that I don't necessarily agree with. You know, just like the maggots. Uh, nobody wants to be just like the maggots. But thanks everybody. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. If you'd like to be either one, it's all easy to do over at HeadOn.Live. And God knows we need them badly. Um, we need y'all badly to keep this. You know, that's how this conversation perpetuates. And remember, on February the 4th, this, this little radio enterprise, not even an enterprise, this little radio attempt will be 20 years old, almost old enough to drink. And I still find that pr- pretty amazing. As an online-only effort, we turned 18 last month. So uh, thanks to all of our a la carte contributors. So very much. Thanks for responding to TJ's challenge. Thank you to TJ for making it. Thank you. To each and every one of you who shares your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you, Roger, uh, moderating the uh, old holler tree and in the chat room. Nice to hear from you, Sparky. Thanks to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, like and subscribe to the podcast, probably on a couple of platforms. It really does help because that way you know uh, you're going to get the feed if one of them, like Spotify, went down a couple of weeks ago. Sometimes tune-in's weird, um, etc. Leave a comment, please, for the algorithm so people will know that you're participating in this little community. It helps the enter web tubes, know that we're alive. We're here, we're here. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Cold River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia. A proud union shop. Remember, the back porch will continue after this program goes off the uh, air on the front porch. You can still use the button over at HeadOn.Live if you'd get like to get involved and say howdy. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Get your RSV. Get your flu shot. Wear your mask when you're around larger groups of people. Especially maggots because, you know, they don't give a damn about anybody but themselves and they don't care much about themselves for that matter. They're willing to die for their orange god emperor or if they're in Texas, for the economy of the state of Texas. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse, maintain your social distance. And if uh, one of the Biden 18 comes toward you saying, Ixnay on the abortion A, we're getting ill K. Well, ignore them like the plague. Avoid them like the plague, because, well, they are. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne.
Have a great weekend, everybody. Later.